This episode, we are joined by Martin Sugarman, an expert on Jewish military history. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, and thanks for asking me. Good, good, good. So I want to talk to you about the Spanish Civil War, and specifically about the Jewish participation in the fighting for the Republican faction. Firstly, can you give us a brief overview of the Spanish Civil War? What, when, and why? Well, a kind of leftish government was elected democratically in Spain in the elections in the mid-early 30s, and it was a combination of left-wing groups and moderate groups, and they were democratically elected to their parliament. But the opposition, made up mostly of monarchists, supporters of the Catholic Church and the extreme right, uh, were not happy. And basically things deteriorated and there was a rebellion of Spanish generals in the army, uh, not, not initially led by Franco, but he was a prominent member and he later became the leader of the fascist group and the civil war began. It's a bit more complicated than that, of course, but we want to keep it simple. But basically, the Russians, Mexico, and a few other countries supported the Republic. And countries like Germany and Italy, of course, supported Franco. Uh, It was very one-sided because the Italians and the Germans provided tanks, aircraft, and ships, and the West much, much less. And it was, unfortunately although fairly close at one stage, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that the Republic were probably going to lose. Sure, sure. Okay, and can you tell us about the International Brigade? What was that? Well, they, these were volunteers from about 50-odd countries around the world, mostly from the left, but not only, who decided that the Republican cause was a kind of red line because most of Europe, you have to see it in context, had right-wing governments. Uh, You had the fascists in Italy, you had the Nazis in Germany, there were imperialists in Japan who had invaded China. The governments of Poland, Romania, Hungary were all very right-wing, and the left saw this as a cause they could take up because they felt this was a blatant blow to democracy. It was a democratically elected government in the Republic, and they decided that they would organize volunteers to go and fight, and that's what they did. Okay. Based on your research, six to 8,000 Jews from 53 countries traveled to Spain to join the fight against fascism by volunteering with that international brigade. Why do you think that is? What do you think drew Jews in such numbers? What was it that the Jews identified with in the Republican cause? Europe in particular, and also in the States, there was huge evidence of growing anti-Semitism. And many Jews in those days were very much on the left of politics. They were working class proletariats, and they saw the Republican cause as very much something they could relate to. Even religious Jews who had a foot in both camps, you could be a religious Jew, and you could also see that Socialist views, working class views, were very much akin to the moral values of Judaism. So lots of religious Jews as well as non-religious Jews could identify very clearly with the struggle of the Republicans in Spain. So they volunteered in quite large numbers. 
And um, the figures are in my article, the uh, Jews who fought in the Spanish Civil War, which you can see on the Jewish Virtual Library. The introduction talks about that and the way in which the Jews responded in very large numbers. The Jewish people were very much aware that fascism was obviously anti-Semitic. They also were aware that Stalinists were not terribly good friends of the Jews either. Jews were very much aware of what Stalin was doing in Russia at the time. There were purges of Jews and so on. But they felt that the cause of the Republicans in Spain overruled that, and they could therefore identify with what, against what the fascists in Spain were doing and in support of what the Republicans were trying to defend, a democratically elected government. It was very much in tune with Jewish moral values. But this is complicated by something else. I can only talk in very more detail about this with regards to what was going on in Britain. The Board of Deputies was very much a middle-class, wealthy Jewish organization, virtually all men. They feared radical Jews as much as they feared the fascists. But they, they also could see that there were Jewish principles involved here. The United Synagogue, on the other hand, the main synagogue movement in Britain at the time, they very much supported the idea that Jews should get involved. They said that as a fight of the Spanish Republic was the fight also uh, for the Jews to take part in. So lots of conflicting and mixed views, but the balance of views were this was a struggle worth taking part in. Now, the Jews who went to Spain were not committed communists. Most of them were not. A few were. They had abandoned Judaism. They were hardline Marxists. Most of the Jews who went to Spain were just people who saw that fascism was evil and it was anti-Semitic. They made many public statements about this. And I interviewed about a dozen of the veterans in the 1990s. And they, except for one, they were all of the same view. If you wanted to fight against fascism, you had to join the Communist Party. Why? Because they and the Zionists groups were the only ones willing to take up arms. And the only way to get to Spain officially is this, you joined the Communist Party because they had the routes figured out, they had the currency arranged, they had the safe houses you could stay in, and you could get to Spain, be smuggled in by them over the Pyrenees or by ship. To do that, you had to join the party. And the party told the people who volunteered who could go and who couldn't. Some people wanted, in the party, wanted certain activists to stay in Britain because they were working for the working class cause and the trade unions. Others, they said they could spare and they would send them uh, over the Pyrenees using their secret routes. So the Jews went in large numbers, but they weren't by any means, as were many of the other volunteers, they weren't all committed communists or Marxists. On the contrary, many of them were anti-Russian. And many of your listeners will know that during the Spanish Civil War, the Republican side actually degenerated into a civil war between the pro-Soviets and the anti-Soviets. And there was a stage when Franco must have been laughing, well, we know he was laughing, when the communists were fighting each other for quite a long period, which considerably weakened their ability to fight. So very complicated, but basically the Jews were there 
in large numbers because it was a morally the right thing to do. And they felt that if you didn't stop the fascists in Spain or try to, we were in for big trouble with the Nazis and the Italian fascists already on the march. Remember, this is 1936, very close to the outbreak of the Second World War. Okay, thank you. You talk about Jewish values and Jewish morals. I'm assuming that if we're talking about the equivalents today, then you know they're going to be Jews sitting at home, signing online petitions to stop the fascists. And not only were they saying we need to fight the fascists and we need to stop the fascists and there's anti-Semitism, et cetera, et cetera. But they were actually willing to leave their families behind and travel to Europe to literally take up arms. I'm wondering if there's there's anything that you can add in terms of what was that extra step that these volunteers took that that was so important. Again, I understand it was a values-based decision, but they actually were willing yes. to put their money where their mouth was and actually go and risk their lives. Well, I think we have to remember the context then as well. Many of the Jews who went came from poor, working-class families. They were already, many of them, involved, whether they were religious or not, in the trade unions. I mean, among the trade unions in the East End, virtually every union uh, all over the country, in fact, had a Jewish branch. There was not just the tailors' union, but the Jewish tailors' union, the Jewish bakers' union. So they were already quite well informed and engaged in politics. And it was a natural course of events that if you joined the Communist Party to go to Spain, it was a natural course to actually go to Spain and make that final leap. People from poor homes, you know, they had the attitude, and you'll you'll hear this from the working class veterans, I heard it, who were not Jewish. They didn't have a great deal to lose. In other words, you go, you fight, you sacrifice. Your fathers had fought in the First World War. Also, poor working class people took up arms against the Kaiser, although it was more of an imperialist war. Nevertheless, in my view, the Germans in the First World War were the baddies. They wanted to conquer Europe. And it was the same kind of attitude. And if you take a cause today, like, I don't know, protecting the environment or uh, supporting the people in Tibet against the takeover of the, by China, then in those days, the big cause in the late mid-30s was the civil war in Spain. And lots of Jews, the majority of Jews, who were working class in number anyway, could identify with that. And you think it was also not just to do with that moment in time of where the Jews saw themselves and the rising anti-Semitism, but you think it was also in the context of Jewish history and, you know, how the, the Jewish experience, you know, for generations fighting the corner of the oppressed and you think it was something in a, in a wider context rather than just that particular moment in time? No, I think it was absolutely that. The, the Jewish people have always been very conscious and were conscious then in the 30s of this Jewish value that you fight for the oppressed, you help the poor, you give to the poor. And the Jews in the East End at the time, already activists, could see that Spain was a cause exactly of this nature, 
just as many who were more Zionist believed that the cause of going to Israel and to help to reestablish Israel and take back the land was also something they should do. And many chose that route, of course. And we're going to get onto, I know, the question of the Jews who went from the mandate to fight in Spain. Very interesting topic on its own. Uh, the impact or the influence of the Jewish presence on the International Brigade. Yeah, it was massive. I mean, a quarter of the brigade virtually were Jews. There were so many Jews from the, in the Dombrovskis, the Polish battalions, that they had their own company, the Botwins, named after Chaim Botwin, who was a famous Jewish-Polish socialist who had assassinated a czarist agent back in the 1920s or 10s, I can't remember. And the Botwins banner was in Yiddish. It, didn't, it wasn't in Spanish or English. It was actually written in Yiddish, and they were hugely respected. In fact, they were so well-respected and were such passionate fighters. Many of them had been involved in fighting in Poland against uh, the right wing and against fascism in Poland that they led the rear guard when eventually the International Brigade was withdrawn into France over the Pyrenees. The Botwins were chosen to be the rear guard of the main uh, exodus and, and march because they were known to be passionate fighters. The famous American singer, Paul Robeson, he used to sing songs on the Spanish radio in Yiddish, and he would say this was for the Jewish fighters. And we know that the fascists made frequent broadcasts over their radio saying that most of the International Brigade were Jews, and Jews who were captured were particularly badly treated. We know of two incidents where Jews were actually taken out of a bunch of Republican prisoners and shot just because they had Jewish names. And non-Jewish witnesses testified to this in their personal memoirs, which I read in books and also at the Marx Memorial Library, where I did a lot of my research. Like no kosher food or anything like that? I never read anything in all the research I did, nor did I get the feeling and the comments from the Jewish veterans I mentioned that there was any religious, there were no religious services, unlike in the Second World War where Jewish soldiers used to get together with a Jewish chaplain or go to synagogue. Nothing like of that kind happened in the Spanish Civil War as far as I know. And no kosher food or anything like that? I, I believe not, no. I think they, I mean, the prospect of getting kosher food in Spain anyway was extremely low. There was a tiny, tiny Jewish community at that time. It's grown since. Uh, no, there was nothing uh, at all like that. But another interesting thing was that a lot of the Jews from Britain and America often could talk to the Jews from other countries because they spoke Yiddish. And there was a lot of intermingling among the Jews from different countries in Spain when they were on leave or when they were training because they could speak Yiddish to each other as opposed to the, the language they were using among their fellow countrymen. So the Poles, Polish Jews spoke Polish, but they could speak Yiddish to the Jews from America and from Britain. That was an interesting kind of fact. Were there, were there Jewish or Yiddish like revolutionary songs that they sung? I believe there were. Um, in fact, one non-Jewish Spanish Republican wrote a beautiful poem uh, for 
uh, one of his Jewish friends who, who was killed in the fighting. But not a great deal. I mean, I didn't look into that a great deal. And I, I'm afraid that the memory of that kind of thing has probably died with the veterans. Uh, if I'd have asked the right questions, this is all about interviewing technique, I may have discovered the answer to your question. But I imagine, yeah, I imagine that the Jewish Botwins, for example, would have sung Yiddish songs around the campfire in the evening. They were a whole battalion of Jewish fighters. That would have been inevitable, I think. Yeah. And remember, there were a lot of Zionists there too, but we'll come to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The huge percentage of Jews who joined the International Brigade is at best downplayed or at worst totally overlooked by those on the left. Is this just another case of classic anti-Semitism? Yes, and this is my hobby horse. For many years, after the Spanish Civil War, in America and Britain especially, and in Europe, the keepers of the memory of the International Brigade were all Stalinists and Marxists. Rather like in trade unions, the activists take over, they devote their lives to it, and it doesn't always reflect the views of the membership of the grassroots. And it is a fact that the Marxists who sincerely believe that Jews are not entitled to be a nation, they shouldn't be a nation, they take the view that Stalin took that you should just be part of the great revolution and that Zionism is therefore evil. This view permeated the International Brigade Memorial Trusts in different countries until very recently. A lot of these old-fashioned Stalinists, including one or two of them who were Jews, have now passed away. And that has changed a great deal. And I'm, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but my, my paper, when it was published, I sent it to a lot of university departments, including some in Israel and America. And the International Brigade Memorial Trust put it up on their website. It's also on the Jewish Virtual Library. And it's become better known about what the Jews did. But they knew, they did know this beforehand. Why did they hash it up? Because it went along with their Stalinist Marxist views. Don't make a fuss about the Jews because we don't want the Jews to be singled out for special praise. This is because it's tainted with Zionism. That was their thinking, and it still is among some of them. I don't know if you know, but I used to go to the annual ceremony for the International Brigade on the South Bank, where there's a statue to the British Battalion. I went every year. I, I took a Star of David poppy wreath from Ajax, the Jewish war veterans, even though it was on a Saturday, and we had a parade on a Saturday, but I did it with a nod and a wink from them. And the last time I went three or four years ago, for the first time ever, somebody who was a guest speaker, a man called Tosh McDonald, and I want his name to be known from the railway union, got up and said, if Spain was the cause of young people then, it's the Palestinian cause, which is the cause of young people now. And I stood up and said, in front of about 200, 300 people, I was so angry, I am not laying my wreath today. I am leaving because you have, for the first time in 20 years that I've been coming here, brought politics into this meeting. This is about the Spanish Civil War, and we're here to remember the veterans of the Spanish Civil War. And I walked out, and there was a story about it in the Jewish Chronicle and so on, and I've never been back since. I demanded an apology, 
never got it. So there are still some people who are using this for modern day politics. I will have none of it. But there are some younger people who have come to realize that the part played by the Jews in Spain was massive. And when I say to them, uh, and, I, and they've published my letters, to be fair, they published my letters in their journal. I said that when you discover, say, uh, an Afro-American who went to Spain, and there were only one or two who went, you always make a huge fuss. You write an article. You found out that there were two Arabs who went to Spain. You write a big article and say how wonderful it was. But 10,000 Jews went to Spain out of the 40,000 volunteers. I have never in any book on the Spanish Civil War seen anything about that other than a footnote that Jews made up a large proportion. Or in the personal memoirs of some of the more moderate fighters who went, and many of them wrote books in the 1950s and 60s, where they said, we had a lot of Jewish volunteers. Well, that was it. If you got two lines, you were lucky. So my, my article, my paper, was an answer to that. It sounds like you're on a mission to right an historical wrong. Indeed, absolutely. It's exactly to expose the lies by omission about the participation of the Jews in the Spanish Civil War. Can I ask you where, where that comes from? Well, I was brought up in an East End Jewish family, big family, after the war, Second World War. My, all my uncles were all in the forces. I had a bit, lot of uncles and aunts, and they lived, the women would live through the Blitz, my own parents, and so on. And whenever we met, we talked about the Second World War. It just came up in the conversation. And I, for some reason, I used to just sit down at, on the floor and listen to them talking at our you know, family gatherings every weekend. And this made me very interested in Jewish history and Jewish military history. And I became more and more intense about that as I grew older. And when I was teaching in secondary schools, I never had the time to sit down and write it because of the all-encompassing nature of my job. But when I left teaching after 25 years and got another nine-to-five job, I started to write and do research. And the first thing I looked at was the Spanish Civil War because I knew this was a huge gap in our history about what the Jews did, especially as I knew some British Jewish war veterans who'd been to Spain. They went from Spain, and then they went fought in the Second World War. I knew some in Hackney, where I was born and brought up, and I spoke to them about it very briefly, but it stuck in my mind. It made a huge impression, and that led to my research at the Marx Memorial Library. And may I say that the librarians at the Marx Memorial Library, which is where all the records of the Jewish veterans from the Spanish Civil War and the, and the International Brigade are kept, and they have a huge foreign archive too, so there's stuff about the Jews who went from Israel and America. They were very helpful. They knew what I was doing. A few of them used to come and sit with me on the Saturdays I used to go there and spend time going through the archives and say, how far have you got? Are you finding the right stuff? They too were concerned about this omission of the Jews. But you know what? They wouldn't break ranks. They wouldn't say it publicly. I went to meetings and talks. I was the one who had to stand up and say. And afterwards, people would come up to me and say, I'm Jewish, and I'm glad you asked that question. And it's about time they got round to it. And I would say, so where were you? Why didn't you stand up and support me? This is a big problem. The left 
do not want to be seen as breaking ranks when it comes to an established view about a particular incident. And the Spanish Civil War is a classic example. And the veterans themselves, like, did were they put out that their story, their specific Jewishness Absolutely. was erased from the history yes. books? It was erased. You're quite right. And they, yes, they were. So, for example, there was a guy called Joe Garber who was actually the commissar of the British battalion at one stage. Now, a commissar is a very left-wing, usually very left-wing uh, indoctrinated guy who looks after the political side of the of the men's at the views. He said uh, he came from an old Jewish East End family. He was involved in anti-fascist activities. He was at Cable Street and so on. But he always felt this low-level anti-Semitism among the left. There are as many anti-Semites among the working class as there are among the conservatives. And that is very obvious. I was brought up with that in the East End when I went to school. And Joe Garber said, uh, and his son went into the Israeli army, by the way. Joe Garber said that um, he was very aware well of it, but it was difficult to speak out because there were so few of the Jewish veterans who remained active among the Spanish Civil War veterans. Another guy was Simi Hirschman, born in Latvia, fought in the Latvian army against the Russians, went to Spain. It was already, he was already a trained gunner, so he, he fought in the, in the artillery. After Spain, he joined the Merchant Navy, the British Merchant Navy, and came to live in Britain. I interviewed him, and he said, for a young Jew in Eastern Europe, you either went to Israel or you joined the Communist Party to fight the fascists. And I chose the Communist Party, but I'm not sure I made the right decision. That's what he said to me. But he, was, he went to Spain. He had a very distinguished war record. He, too, would say to me privately and in the interview, and sometimes when I met him at the reunions on the South Bank, he would say, yes, you know, we went because we were Jews. We didn't go because we were communists. Most of the Jews were actually not committed communists. They wanted to fight the fascists and the communists were actually doing the fighting, and they were brave, and we supported them morally, and that's why we went. Incredible, important, important research you're doing, and important to change the narrative, which is missing out and an important part of the story. Yes. Uh, you estimated that between 300 and 500 volunteers came from Israel what was then the British Mandate. Theirs really is a fascinating story. I've read more than once that they were anti-Zionists and chose to leave Israel because they didn't believe in the Zionist project and considered themselves to be communists, which they saw as diametrically opposed to Zionism. Is this a correct portrayal or is there something else at play here? No. In my opinion, and from what I've read and spoken to a few of the veterans, that is absolute nonsense. Uh, the Jews who went from the mandate had a problem. There was the Arab revolt going on in 1936, and they were needed to defend the Jewish kibbutzim and villages and towns. So there was Arab terrorism. That, uh, your, your listeners will know about that. Equally, they knew that Spain was important because this was another battlefield they had to be aware of because of the rise of fascism. And the mandate was particularly vulnerable because of the fascist movement in Iraq and the, the view of the Arabs being pretty much pro-Nazi 
Hajimini Hosseini, the Palestinian leader, as we all know, went to Germany and planned to build gas chambers outside Nablus if the Germans had won the war. So the communist Jews in Israel who wanted to go to Spain had to choose. Was it Madrid or Hanita? That was the slogan. Hanita being the establishment of the kibbutz there. And there was a huge argument among them. And the chairman of the Israeli veterans of the Spanish Civil War, when I spoke to him in the 1980s, uh, I think his name was Katznelson, I can't remember. Uh, he has openly admitted this. He said that this was the case. So they chose certain individuals who they thought they could do without in the fighting in Israel to go to Spain. And this is what happened in London too with the, the Communist Party. And others had to stay and do the Zionist bit. Now, somebody in the International Brigade uh, Memorial Trust group or people used to say to me, how could the Jews from Israel who went, how can you say they were Zionists? They were communists. And I said, so what were they doing in Israel in the first place? Why had these people gone as, as volunteers to, to work in Israel or had become communists in Israel and were born in Israel or they'd come as immigrants from Germany and other places? Why did they go to Israel? There were many other countries they could have gone to, America and Britain and other places in Europe, which were then, of course, not occupied by the Nazis. They went to Israel because they were socialists and they were Zionists. They were both. You can be a socialist and a Zionist. What are kibbutz? I lived on a kibbutz for three years. What is a kibbutz? It's a socialist Zionist organization. A few years before I went to live there with my wife and children, kibbutz Mizra, I, I used to see photographs of the history of the kibbutz when they used to parade on May Day with banners of Stalin and Lenin. They were very left-wing, but they were also Zionists. And that explains simply the dichotomy. When I had a, a discussion with the veterans by email and letter in the 1990s when I was doing the research, a young man whose name I forget who made a film called uh, with that title, uh, Hanita or Madrid. I can't remember the title, but it's a quite a good movie. He said to me in a letter, they went to Spain because they were internationalists. And I said, no, they went to Spain because they saw that it was a battle to be fought, that it was in the interest of the Jews to fight, and because they were possibly internationalists and they were socialists, but they were also Zionists. And then I said to him, and he never answered me, why did they go back? to Israel after the Spanish Civil War, and then fight in the British army against the Nazis, and then fight in the War of Independence in 48, because they were defending Israel. They were also Zionists. They might be Darvish left-wing Zionists, but they're Zionists. But there are also hawkish right-wing Zionists. We're all different. We all have our views about our political groups. And that explains what the Jews from Israel were doing there. One other footnote, and it's in my research. When I was working at the Marx Memorial Library, a guy called James Carmody, an Irish guy, very philo-Semitic, kept asking me how I was getting on. He said to me he had discovered in his research, and I mention it in my article, that there was a bunch of Zionist Jews from the Habonim in London called the Blue Shirts, not to be confused with the Irish Blue Shirts who were fascists and who went to fight for Franco the blue shirts from the East End, who were Habonim Zionists, who went to Spain, and he named them. And in my article, I picked them out. There are several of them that he knew of. 
And this apparently made the news at the time in the Jewish Chronicle and other papers that there were Zionists going from Britain to fight on the Republican side in the Spanish Civil War. Nothing is black and white. It's very complicated, but basically the fight of the Republic was a fight for the Jews too. Okay, but I, I, again, it sounds like there's sort of a, a narrative or a, a facade that needs to be kept up discrediting and delegitimizing Zionism and there's anti-Semitism in there. And sort of it, it sounds like it's all part of a similar package of, Indeed. you know, let's try and create this narrative. The narrative that is going to connect to, uh, is, is going to be coherent with our worldview of what we think about Jews and what we think about Israel. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the Corbynistas in Britain have exactly got that problem. They don't get it. They just don't get it. And Corbyn, who was spoken, mentioned a lot at this meeting where I walked out of, that I mentioned before with this Tosh MacDonald, he said, oh, what a great guy Corbyn is. This just about sums it up. The hard left is locked into this anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist narrative they don't understand that their view that all Jews are capitalists, whereas the Nazis, all Jews are Bolshevists, they don't understand the nonsense of this. And they are totally, in my view, totally confused. Some of them are on a learning curve and are correcting this. But yes, you hit the nail right on the head. And that view still exists within the International Brigade Memorial Trust organization in Britain and in America, because now what's happened is the veterans have gone, but the children and the grandchildren are keeping the memory alive, and their views have not changed a great deal. They've changed a bit. They're more ready to listen. They're younger. They're removed from these old-fashioned Marxist ideas a little bit. But while we have confirmed Marxists in control of the memory of these events, we will never get another view that will help to change it. And my work is aimed at trying to do that. And some people have read it and taken it on board on the left. Can I tell you one other story? Yeah. I, I, gave, I wrote a book about Jews in the fire brigade a couple of years ago uh, in the Second World War, another thing that, that was burning for me to write. And I gave a talk at the fire brigade union uh, who were quite anti-Israel. And a guy came up to me and said, we've got a video of you online working with the English Defence League, a fascist organisation in Britain. I said, what? And he explained what he meant. And then I said, ah, yes, this was a demonstration outside the Ahava shop in Covent Garden by uh, the extreme left. And I went along with many other Jewish people and non-Jewish people to defend the shop. And the EDL turned up, the English Defence League, because they don't like Muslims. So they thought they would come and support us with their English flags. We told them to go away. And while we were telling them to go away, some guy filmed me with my Israeli flag over my shoulder. And that was seen by one of the firemen's union. And when I turned up to give this talk, he, he accused me of this. And then I explained what happened. And the bloke laughed and said, you know, we don't all think like the leaders of our union. 
some of us are actually quite interested in and want to know more about the Jewish contribution. So there is a lot of this, there's a lot of work still to be done and we are making little inroads, but I'm afraid the Jeremy Corbyns of this world have kind of destroyed the Labour Party that we all love and it's made a huge gash in the Labour Party, which, as you know, they're going to take maybe decades to recover from. Mm-hmm. His anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism is really quite outrageous. It's a similar story in lots and lots of left spaces. I mean, you specifically yeah. talking about, you know, the, the memory of the veterans and the, and the Spanish Civil War and the brigades, but that's a similar story. And, and I guess there's all sorts of responses. Responses are... Uh, Jews don't feel safe and comfortable in those spaces and then and give up on it and leave or Jews uh, stay there but put their heads down and don't admit to being Jews and don't raise it for fear of you know being attacked and and whatever Uh, and I guess the third option is to is that I guess the bravest option is to stay in that space but raise your voice and call out anti-semitism and call out anti-zionism yeah. Yes. And this is what some people, some some of the Jewish and non-Jewish MPs in the Labour Party have done. But the people who left, Louise Elman, who I love and admire and, and met a few times, I think she made a big mistake by leaving the party. And the same with Luciana Berger. They should have stayed in and made it uncomfortable for the anti-Semites. But they were facing a lot of abuse. Other people like Ruth Smith stayed in but she lost her seat uh, by just a few votes and other people left. Uh, but there are still, still a few people in it. I, I, I personally think it will get better. Uh, he was such a disaster, Corbyn, uh, that I don't think people like him will ever get voted back into the leadership. But we'll see. This all links. You're quite right. So this thing with the Spanish Civil War, there's a lot of similarities here. Yeah, it's another example. And I guess as they're also, there's second generation, third generation telling the stories of, you know, I guess it's a lot more convincing when you have somebody sitting there saying, I fought, I believe in this struggle, I am Jewish, and your theories and your writings are all one thing, but I'm a real person that believes these things and have these complicated, complex thoughts uh, and beliefs, um, and they can exist together. You know, the socialism and Zionism can exist together in one person because that's who I am. And once you start talking about other people, uh, I guess it makes it a lot harder to, for people to understand. I, I, I still get emails from all over the world from people who see the article on the Jewish Virtual Library or on the Mark, or the IBMT website, and the Americans, the Valba Group, veterans of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade, they've also put it on their website, saying, oh, you left out my uncle or my aunt who went to Spain, and they, I asked for proof of some kind, and I'm still adding names. And that, that just shows you that, obviously, I couldn't capture all the names, and not all the names were ever recorded. People changed their names. You know, David Lohman was actually David Solomon. Dave Collins was actually David Cohen. They often changed their names because they didn't want to be known as Jews if they were captured. And so the list is being updated. And I recently sent one 
to the Jewish Virtual Library just a few days ago, which had two new names on it. Oh, they're going out. Yes, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. One, one other little story. There was a guy, I won't mention his name, but who was one of the last of the veterans to die. And he was asked by his sister, who uh, he'd gone to Spain. He was asked by his sister in 1996 to go, if he wanted to go to Barcelona to uh, take part in the anniversary of the Spanish Civil War as a Jewish uh, veteran from Britain. And the president of Israel, Herzog, then was going to be there to unveil a monument on Montjuich in Barcelona to the Jewish veterans. And it's there to this day, a beautiful mug and David overlaid with the communist or socialist star badge, which the brigaders used to wear. And his, his comment was, I don't think I'll be going because I don't want to get mixed up in some Zionist propaganda. That was the first thing out of his mouth. Not, oh, this is a great idea. I'm Jewish and a socialist, and our Jewish lads and women were there, and we fought, and this is a monument to the Jews for once, to point out what part they played. No. He had to say something really rude and outrageous, a Zionist plot, a Zionist conspiracy. I didn't want to get up, mixed up with, with Israel. And I'm afraid he was one of quite a few, but they were a dying breed. Fascinating. Martin, thank you so, so much for sharing your thoughts and your research. Uh, really, really interesting. And good luck with the continuation of your, uh, as we said before, you're trying to right an historical wrong. Exactly. A historical injustice. You're absolutely right. Uh, and good luck with that. And uh, keep me posted with, uh, with your research and with your uh, findings. Uh, I'll be happy to, uh, to follow it from afar. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs>